Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. One more time, are you excited to be at church today? Glad that you're here. Greet all of those who are joining us at all of our campuses. We're so glad that you're with us today. We are in part six of a series we have called The Miracles of Jesus, where we are looking through the life of Christ. There's 37 miracles that are mentioned in the gospel accounts, and we're pulling uh, multiple out for this series. We have about three weeks left in this series. We'll go until Mother's Day. And um, I don't know about you, it's building my faith every single week to just hear of not just what Jesus did, but how it applies to our life. And I don't know about you, but I'm just still believing that God does miracles today. And we're seeing it happen. We're seeing uh, lives restored and marriages reconciled and people's health um, brought into alignment. And I'm telling you, God still does miracles. And so we're going to be in an amazing miracle today. We're going to be in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. We are a Bible-believing, Bible-loving, Bible-like, it guides our life church. And so book of Luke, it goes Genesis, Exodus, Luke, and so um, it's quite not that order, but you get the idea. Luke chapter five, we're gonna be in verse 12. And uh, it's a miracle you've probably read about before, but I'm gonna break it down and apply it to your life. And I think it's gonna help you a lot today. Um, Starts in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. As you will see, as we break down leprosy, you'll realize covered with leprosy means it was fully all over his body. It was covering his body. He had the, the, the worst scenario when it comes to this disease. But when, just, when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, will you make me clean? And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said. I don't know about you. I'm thankful that I serve a Jesus who is willing to do miracles in our life. Like it's his desire to do miracles in our life. He says, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16, by the way, I I left it in there. Uh, just because it is such a life verse for me, even though it seems to not even connect with the story. But let me just say it this way. When Jesus is doing miracles everywhere, there's crowds all around him. There's things to happen. Verse 16 is such a remarkable verse. And it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Don't ever tell me you're too busy to pray. Uh, If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. And, and Jesus, who lived a life that should have been way busier than you, like you have an important assignment, your assignment's not as important as Jesus's was, he still withdrew to pray. Shows the importance of spending time with the God, the Father. But he does this miracle for us today that I wanna talk to you about, and it's the miracle right there in your notes of cleansing the leper, cleansing the leper. Now you might see this and you go, Aaron, whew, Good, this miracle's not needed for me. I can check out and just really tune back in whenever we do baptisms in a little bit. But let me give you a little background on why you need cleansing from this thing called leprosy today. Now, when you think of leprosy, you think of the disease that's out there. And uh, by the way, I'm pretty pretty positive that you um, are in a room right now that there's not the disease of leprosy in. Hopefully it has been mostly eradicated out of our environments here in America. They say there's about 150 cases a year of leprosy still in the United States. And if you're battling and you're one of those 150, we love you, but you can be dismissed from our services. We do not need you here right now. 
but, but leprosy, let me give you a little bit of the background of it. If you see leprosy in the Old Testament, it's really prevalent, especially in the book of Leviticus. You see how they're very weird about leprosy. You were ostracized, you were kicked out. You, it was one of those weird diseases. And leprosy in the Old Testament, you're talking about three plus thousand years ago, was not leprosy today. It was kind of a catch-all term for all things that were skin disease related. So whether that's skin cancer or boils or actual leprosy, you were all kind of put in this pile and, and then they would, they would have all these rituals and all these issues and all these kind of oils that they would try to do to cleanse you. And it was a terrible, horrific thing to be kind of labeled as a leper. Now that changed in Jesus's time because in Jesus's time where our story picks up in Luke chapter five, we're dealing with leprosy as it is today dealing with the issue of leprosy as in the disease that is still in the world. While there's very little in America, there's about 2 million people on the planet right now that deal with leprosy. Most of them are in India. I've been to multiple leprosy camps there where you go and you minister to the people and it, it's a horrific disease that will break down today and show you how it applies to your life. Because you're probably sitting there and going, Aaron, if the miracle that's needed is cleansing of leprosy, what does this have to do with me? Here's why. Because leprosy throughout the scripture, and you can write it down in your notes, is a symbol of our sinful nature. So it's this sin that's inside of us that needs to get eradicated. So you thought you were off the hook because you didn't have leprosy, but the reality is we've all got that sinful nature We've all got those tendencies. We've all got those addictions. We've all got those urges that are sinful inside of us that we still got to get rid of. I don't care how long you've been saved. We still got some issues to deal with in our life. Hey, just the other day, we, I was with a group and, and, and they were talking about somebody. And, and as soon as they were talking about someone that wasn't in the room, uh, I was like, man, I said, I've got a story. I've got a really good story. And, and it was gossip. And it was wrong. And I sat there and I said, Aaron, don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth. Come on. But, and I'm sitting there, and then I'm battling. You know, it's like the battle between the good and the bad. And, and, then, and then the good. But, but Aaron, but, and then one of them was like, but Aaron, you're going to get a lot of good laughs. I'm like, I will get a lot of good laughs. But they'll, make you, they'll think you're important. I went back and forth. And I just remember hearing this war. It's a war inside of us. And, and it's just like, don't say it. Don't say it. And you know what I did? I said it. And, and don't judge me because you do it all the time also. We've all got those moments where, where we know we shouldn't have. And what do we do with those unwanted desires, unwanted reactions, unwanted attitudes, that sin inside of us? Because that is what we're getting cleansed of when we see the story of Jesus cleansing the leper, because it's actually all of us who need cleansing in our life. So I'm going to give you five connections. They're right there in your notes. And I'll go through them pretty quickly. Five connections between leprosy and sin and show you the connection of them. And I think they'll help you. Number one is that leprosy and sin are internal issues. They're internal. Now, when you think of leprosy, you think of people when their, their fingers have kind of fallen off and their noses are gone, their extremities are messed up. But the reality is leprosy is not a skin disease. It is something deep inside of them. It's a bacterial infection that comes into their body and then eventually it's in their body and it's in there for a while before it actually even comes to the, to the surface. It's what's inside that corrupts them. I want you to get this because that's the reality of your life. It's what's inside of you that corrupts us. Jesus says it this way, for out of the heart or inside, this is where comes evil thoughts. So you're like, man, that thought, where did it come from? It came from your heart. 
come from the heart. And then look at the reality. The results of it is murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Those are all the sins. And you go, well, where do those come from? They're not external, they're internal. They're inside of us. They're inside of our thoughts. This is what the Bible, Jesus says, this is what defiles a person. So when you have those moments where if you're just dealing with your symptoms, if you're just dealing with your actions, Katie, Katie and I have dealt with this when, when it comes to marriage and, and we'll, we'll, we'll did, I can't believe you said this and I can't believe you, you responded this way. We're not dealing with the right thing. I remember I was sitting down with a counselor one time and because uh, and, everybody needs counseling at times. So we were sitting down with a counselor and we were talking. They're like, you're like, you're not talking about the real issue. The real issue is not your actions. It's the heart. It's the why. It's what's inside of you. That James says it this way. Temptation comes from our own desires. It's, it's, you know, you're in an argument and you say, you're like, well, I'm not going to say what I really want to say. Well, that's what you probably should say because that's who you, what you really think right there. Because that's your, that's your desires. That's what's inside of you, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. It starts with a desire, then it builds into an action, and when that sin is grown, what happens? It eventually results in death. Do you see the progression right there? But it all starts inside of us. That's why, let me tell you, this is why Christianity is so important. This is why following Christ is so important. I wrote it down this way. It's not in your notes. I wish it would have been. So if you were going to write something down, write this one down. Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. It's the fact that it's not about my actions. It's about my internal heart. Lord, change what's in here, and then he'll change what you do out there. Can I hear a better amen today, church? So they're both internal issues. Number two, write it down, is that leprosy and sin can only stay hidden for a season. You can have leprosy wrecking the inside of you, for around three years before it actually shows up onto your skin. So you got to think people were walking around infected. They were walking around this way, transmitting it to each other, having no clue that there was something wrong on the inside. They, they felt bad. You know, it's one of those things you're like, you know, you felt bad. You're like, I think I might be sick, but I'm not sure yet. It hasn't shown yet. And that's the same when it comes to sin. By the way, it's only a matter of time between those before that internal sin gets externally shown in your life. So, so you think you're hiding it. I just, I just love you. Let me tell you, I know, church, the last thing I want to hear is a whole message on sin. But let me just tell you, I, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to be your pastor. I've got to help you in this area. Because what I'm seeing is I'm seeing way too many people ripped up by sin and nobody's warning them of it. And let me tell you, those hidden things, those hidden attitudes, those hidden desires, those cravings inside, the things you're looking at and you're watching on your phone and you're going, nobody knows, it'll eventually come out one day. It'll eventually come out. And I get to be part of saddling the, the, where it's exposed and how it wrecks the family and how it wrecks the business. And I'm telling you, deal with it while it's internal. Jesus said it this way. The verse, I read verse 19 and a second ago in Matthew. He said it this way in verse 18. The things that come out of a person's mouth, they're not, they're not, from, they're not from your thoughts. They're not, they're not random. You know where they come from? They come from your, your heart. Your heart. That's what defiles you. I think this is so interesting. So, you know, you ever had those moments where you say something off the cuff and then you go, I just want you to know, I didn't really mean that. You did mean it. 
we just finally got what you really wanted to say. I was with someone the other day, and they, you know, playing a game, and then, you know, a bad word came out. You know, it's always funny when bad words come out, and their pastor's around, and they always look to you, and they're always like, they're like oh, pastor, I just want you to know, that, that, that's not, that, I didn't mean to say that. I'm like, I, no, this is a phrase they say, I don't know where that came from. I know exactly where that came from. I just know who you really are now, you know what I mean? That's all right, we all got issues. But let me tell you, let those hidden things, you will always be as sick as your secrets. You will never, thank you. Because you will always be as sick as your secrets. Let me tell you, you cannot keep it hidden and be healthy. So if you want to live a life healthy, experiencing all that God has for you, you've got to get those hidden things out of your life. Now, that doesn't mean you need to tell everybody. Some of y'all tell everybody everything. No, no, not everybody knows your issues, but somebody should. Not everybody should know your mess, but somebody should. And I'll tell you this, let the Lord deal with it. I feel like he's so, he, he knows the only way for you to get healthy is to remove that stuff that's hidden. So you have two options, and I want everybody to hear me with all love. Here's your two options. You expose it, or the Holy Spirit will expose it. And let me tell you, I've, re- I've learned that I'd rather me expose it, <laughs> because then I can choose the timeline early. While it's still deep inside, and while there's just hidden stuff, before it comes to the surface. Once it comes to the surface, the enemy's got you. Let me tell you, they're, they're hidden things, but they'll eventually show up. Number three, leprosy and sin separate relationships. And we saw this in the Old Testament. The reality of the Old Testament is that when you got some kind of skin disease, you ended up having to be put outside the camp. It was the, it was the very original, the OG quarantine back in the day. I mean, they put you out there. And, and you could just have like a bad case of acne and they throw you out into a camp and just go, well, we don't know what it is. And, and I'm telling you, that's the reality. Can you imagine 3,000 years later, we would never have done that. So the reality is, is, is we just ostracized them based off their issue. And let me tell you, that is what happens when it comes to sin, because leprosy was an infectious disease that would spread to people. And what they did is they go, let's get you as far away as possible. You actually had to wear special clothing. You have to walk into a room and you have to announce unclean, unclean. So what would happen? So that people would get away from you. Can you imagine the world to live in to where you'd have to make these kind of declarations right there? And it's the same with sin. Sin separates our relationship. First and foremost, it separates your relationship with God. The Bible says in Isaiah, it is your sins that have cut you off from God. You want to know why you can't hear from God? Because of your sins, it says. He has turned away and will not listen anymore. This is the reality. The reality is sin separates us. It doesn't just separate us from God. It also separates us from each other. The thing that'll destroy your marriage, your friendships, your coworkers, your business, the unity of your relationships more than anything else is sin. It it is. It wrecks our relationships. It's the selfishness. It's the way we don't guard our words. It's our intentions. It's our attitudes. It's all those simple things. And I'm telling you, it'll affect your relationship. So you're here today and you're like, I just can't make friends. And and then I, I went to this church and I couldn't make friends. And I went to that church and I couldn't make friends. And I went to that church and I can't make friends. You're the problem. You're the issue. And it's, it's not because you're awkward. It's because there's some kind of sin. And maybe it's selfishness. Maybe it's, maybe it's your insecurities. Maybe it's your attitudes. We've got to deal with our sins. Sin separates 
relationships. Number four, leprosy and sin are incurable without intervention. So you've got to think, for thousands of years, leprosy spread, and there was no cure. I mean, they're trying to rub some kind of oils and fix it. It didn't work. And the reality is it just kept killing people for thousands of years until 1940, little over, you know, almost 100 years ago. Finally, someone comes up with an antibiotic, goes, maybe there's a solution to this thing. And it's the same with sin. For thousands of years, it was the blood of bulls and goats, and they would barely cover this sin and appease God at those moments. But I don't know about you. I'm grateful that there is a solution given, and his name was Jesus. That when our sins were wrecking our lives, Jesus came. The Bible says it this way in Romans 3. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Like, you can't work this thing yourself. He says it like this. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of our sins. Like, we look at the Old Testament, we look at all the rules, and we look at it, and we go, we've fallen so much, we're all in the same boat. We've all messed up, but that's why Jesus came. And that's the good news of the gospel. Number five, and I love it, ready? It's that leprosy and sin are, were conquered by Christ. They were conquered by Christ. And Jesus steps on the scene. And a disease that nobody could cure, Jesus cures it. And I want you to know today, the disease of sin that nobody could cure, you can't give enough, you can't serve enough, you can't love enough to get this thing out of your life. Jesus came and he conquered it on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's the good news of the gospel. Jesus conquered what nobody else could conquer. So let's see it in our story. I'm just going to break it down very quickly. And then we're going to see a bunch of people get baptized. Look what it says in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. He had it all over his body. So we know this is something he's dealt with for years and years. There's something that's wrecked his life. And when he saw Jesus, he makes a decision. I'm telling you, when Jesus is available for your life, you have a decision to make. You're in a service like this, and Jesus, it's so real. He's in the room, and when he's in that moment, you have a decision to make. What are you going to do? Are you going to live in your sickness? Are you going to live in your sin? Or are you going to do what this man did? And look what he says. He fell with his face to the ground, and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I'm telling you, I don't know what you've tried to do to get your life clean. None of it works, but he's willing, and he can make you clean. You see, this man knew something, that when you're at the end of yourself and nothing else is working, I'm telling you, you don't sit there with pride and walk up to Jesus and going, hey, give me my healing. You walk with your face to the ground, and you say, God, I've messed up. I've blown it. I give you myself. I lay myself down. This is where faith really starts in your life. I wrote it down this way. Faith begins and builds with, here's the word, ready? With humility. It's humility. It's going, God, I'm going to lay myself down. I'm going to lay my agenda down. I'm going to lay my desires down. I'm going to humble myself because I need you. And until you're ready, I wrote it, I said it this way in my notes. Either we humble ourselves or we eventually just get humbled. And I, I think a lot of you are going, well, I'm just, it's going, find myself. You wait till the humility happens. You, you'll get humbled eventually. 
I'd rather start at a place of humility. And so, God, I need you. I humbled myself. I realized I can't do this on my own. That's why I was so grateful for what God did at Easter. And, and I had people stand to their feet to give their life to the Lord. And I'm seeing grown men with a row full of their family right there. I'm telling you, they look like they got it all together. They stood to their feet with uh, tears going down their face. You know what that is? That's humility. You know what God will do? God will honor that. God will meet that miracle right there. God will give them that breakthrough right there because humility can change things in your life. That's why the Bible says if we confess our sins, you go, well, I don't, I don't want to confess my sins. I, I can deal with them on my own. Well, then you're not humble. It takes humility to confess your sins. He is faithful and just. And you know what he'll do? He'll forgive us of our sins and he'll, here's the word, ready? Cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So we all want to be cleansed. We all want this stuff out of our life. It starts with humility. I, I'm telling you, you live a life. Do you say, God, I humble myself before you. And then Christians, listen to me. Whenever you get yourself in a bind, you humble yourself again to the Lord. Just daily, get before the Lord. That's why I spend time with God every single morning. You know why? Because every morning I recognize I'm not sufficient in and of myself. I need to humble myself before the Lord. I, I, I've heard it said this way. My pastor told me, he said, a man that is on his face can't fall far from there. Run with that one for the day, okay? I didn't say that one on the earlier service, but you want to live a life where God uses you, you walk in humility. This man humbled himself, got on his face and said, God, I need you. And Jesus, the Bible says, reached out his hand and touched him. This is against every law from the Old Testament. You don't touch what is messed up. You will get infected yourself when you touch it, but Jesus knew the greater, <laughs> the power that's in him is greater than that that's in the world. Then when Jesus touches your life, things change. And Jesus touches the man and says, I am willing, be clean. Now we want a moment right there where he says, be clean. And then everything's just perfect. Then we want that like, Lord, help my attitude. And then all of a sudden your attitude's just like, boo, perfect. <laughs> then I did research. This is why I, I do my job, all right? I do a little research on this. Because I'm like, God, how do we be clean? Like, I want to be clean, but I'm not. I still got issues, lots of them. And then I looked up that word, be clean. That word be clean, I put in your notes, means to purge out. It actually means to scrub. Now, what does this mean? It actually means when there's dirty things in your life, and we've all got them. We've all got some stuff in our life. Now, now listen, when you get saved, your spirit is righteous before God. But let's be real. There's some stuff in your flesh and in your mind that needs a little bit of scrubbing. Some of y'all need a mind scrub just to work that stuff out of your mind. Some of y'all, it's that attitude. You need, to, you need to have this stuff worked out. It's like, it's like, how do you work it out? So Jesus touches him and says, be clean. And y'all look at that as this beautiful picture of the man just like, I am now cleansed. But I've realized and the reality is that uh, that's not how Jesus works. When he's thinking of getting that stuff out of your life, uh, this is called a washboard, by the way. Y'all might not know what this is. This is how they used to wash clothes before all of us were born. Um, and so it's still, there's places all over the world that don't have washing machines. So, so this is a good illustration because it's not like throw it in the dishwasher, I mean the washing machine and it cleans it up. Um, the reality is, is this is what I picture when I think of Jesus saying, be clean. He's saying, you know what? If you'll surrender this area to me, what it's gonna do is I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna put you through a process of scrubbing. <laughs> and it's that attitude. You know what he's going to do? He's going to put you around that person that you can't stand. You're going to go, God, I just want you to change them. And the God's like, nope, I'm scrubbing it out of you. 
rubbing it out of you. You're, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, God, I just, I'm so impatient. He's like, great, I'm going to put you on 275. <laughs> you know why? Because <laughs> he's trying to get you clean. You just don't, you don't understand it. He, he gets you in that small group and you're like, I don't like any of those people and they don't tell me things I want to hear. Great. And then you get it all, you're like, God, worked that thing out. It's amazing. And then God's like, wait, you got some more. <laughs> Do you know when the towel is fully clean? Let me tell you what happens. Then you're in heaven. That's it. So until you get there, just embrace Jesus touching your life and saying, I'm going to keep working stuff out because I'm interested in getting you clean. You go, well, God, why doesn't just God do the miracle and make it work? Because I wrote it down this way. Becoming Christ-like is a combination of God's grace and our grit. <laughs> so a lot of it is God just fix it. And God's like, I will fix it. Here's how I'm going to fix it. In a morning devotional time that you're going to have to wake up a little bit earlier for. Oh, but that's not what I signed up for. I just thought you would fix my problems. It means you go into next steps and actually getting on a team and meeting some people. And, and it means you actually getting in a small group. And all of those things are God's way of going, you're going to do your grit. You're going to do your part. But I'm telling you, I'm going to use my grace to work some stuff out of your life. Because God wants you clean. Can I hear better amen today, church? I love how Naaman, Naaman, an Old Testament guy, he was covered in leprosy and, and, the, and the great man of God told him, he says, listen, here's how you'll get the leprosy out of your life. You go down the river you dip seven times. And he battled it. He goes, who am I? If he wants to do a miracle, he just do it. But I just realized with scripture, we realize God doesn't just do the miracle. What he does, he makes us go down the river and dip seven times. <laughs> and look at the man. He, he went down and he dipped himself. Some of y'all, you're missing the miracle that God wants to do in your life because there's some of it God just wants you to do yourself. I'm going to say this all love. I didn't prepare this. This isn't in my notes. Somebody, you're sitting at home. You haven't even been to church in a long time. And you're watching this and you're going, well, if God wants to meet me, he can fix it over here. Get your butt in church. I shouldn't have said butt, but you get the idea. The Lord needs to scrub that out of my life. <laughs> all right, let's close it out. Ready? And the Bible says it like this. And he says, don't tell anybody, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for the cleansing. In other words, don't just say you're clean. Don't just say, I got it all together. No, 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 no. You need to go show the church, which by the way, that's what baptism is. That's what baptism is. Baptism is not you saying, I got my life together. Everything's perfect. It's saying, he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. He started it in my life. I'm telling you, baptism is the first step. It's not your last step. It's not, hey, I got myself together. It's going, hey, I'm coming to the church to say, listen, there was a sacrifice paid for me, and that sacrifice was Jesus on the cross, and I receive it, and I'm, I'm cleansed in my spirit, and I'm being cleansed in my body, in my mind, in my soul. I'm working that stuff out because Jesus is working in my life. And he says, it's going to be a testimony for the world. Your testimony matters. And I'll close it with this. Look what Revelation 12 says it this way. They triumphed, triumphed over him by 
the blood of the lamb. In other words, because of what Jesus did and the word of their testimony. They were, what they said mattered. The declaration of their life mattered. I'm telling you, you want to conquer the enemy in the world today? You want to bring freedom and breakthrough to the world today? I'm telling you, it's the two. It's the blood of the lamb. It's God's grace. And it's our grit. It's our testimony. It's what God's done in our life. And we keep sharing it and we keep spreading it out. That's, what, that's why I love baptisms because baptisms is all celebrating. Look what Jesus did. And here's what I've realized about testimonies. Write it down and we'll close with this. Testimonies produce testimonies. They do. So don't ever shy away from sharing what Jesus has done in your life. You go, well, people don't want to hear that. I'm telling you, your testimony produces more testimonies. They overcame the world by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. When I share what God has done in my life, here's what happens. Listen, when we celebrate what Jesus has done in our life, it builds faith for people to believe that it can happen in their life. So that's why we do baptisms. That's why we share a testimony. That's why we post on Facebook the miracles that have happened in our life because this man couldn't keep quiet. And can I just present it? It might be a stretch, but 12 chapters after this, Jesus is doing ministry in another town. And as he's doing ministry in another town, 10 lepers show up. It went from one to 10 within a matter of short weeks, months down the road. Can I tell you why? I think it's because 10 lepers heard the news that, you know what? Jesus cleansed that guy. He can cleanse us also. The Bible says it closed it like this. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. Same Jesus that cleansed the leper. Same Jesus that changed my life at 16. The same Jesus that'll, that has changed the life of these people that are getting the baptismal um, tanks this today. It's the same Jesus that can change your life. I'm telling you, he can save you and it starts with you just getting humble before God and saying, God, I need you. And he can transform you even after that. But you humbly get before him and saying, God, work that stuff out of my life. Y'all with me? We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to do something deep in each of our lives. But before I do, I wanna dismiss those who are getting baptized. If you are getting baptized today, would you stand to your feet? Would you head into the lobby? Come on, can we celebrate those who are just doing, it's a big deal. Wow. At all of our campuses, we celebrate you. We celebrate those. All right, nobody moving around because this is your holy moment. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? Nobody, t- nobody talking, nobody moving around. This is your moment. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to cleanse out of our lives today? I think it's important to have moments of humility. Moments where we posture ourselves to saying, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? How do you want to change me? Would you just open up your heart right there? And we're going to have the worship team play. And as they play, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, God, what are you trying to work out of my life? Maybe he's going to highlight. He doesn't do it to shame you. He does it because he really wants to change you. Maybe he's going to highlight how you spoke to your spouse. Maybe that unforgiveness towards that family member or that friend. Maybe it's the way you're handling your business or 
what you're doing with your money. Just let the Holy Spirit change us. Say, God, eradicate that stuff out of our life. Get this disease of sin that has just crippled so many of us, God. Lord, we pray that you would work it out. Cleanse us. Thank you that you're willing to make us clean. And we just offer ourselves. Come on, if you're feeling comfortable, just throw a hand up to heaven right now. Offer yourself to heaven right now. And say, God, I want you to cleanse me. I want you to work it out of my life. Work it out of my heart. Lord, we need you. We desire you. Lord, we want you to do it deep inside of each of us right now, God. In all of these campuses, God, we humbly ask you to change us in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, sing it out. close your eyes all across Tampa Bay just have a moment right now with you and Jesus what do you need the Lord to cleanse you of what do you need him to work out of your life just humble yourselves before the Lord and say God clean me up work this stuff out I'm not going to walk in condemnation but I want to be clean I want, I want to see my mind restored my actions transformed Lord let it start in my heart with every eye closed every head bowed there's another group that's with us today and you've never taken that first step that first step of humility of surrendering your life to Christ the scriptures are clear. If we confess our sins, if we humble ourselves, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We got to confess our need for a savior. We can't work our way out of it. Do it ourselves. This is your moment to surrender your life to Christ. If that's you on the count of three, throw that hand up. You go, well, that's a bold step. That's what we're going to do. We're going to throw our hand up and say, today, I need Jesus. I need him to change me and watch how he'll change you right there in your seat. Ready? One at every campus. Two three throw that hand up right now thank you thank you thank you thank you dozens of people all over this room thank you thank you thank you at every campus throw it up those in brandon wave it at me and put it right back down those in north tampa those are the hikes wave it at me put it right back down it's in clear water we're proud of you this is your moment we're gonna have a moment where we pray and i want all of us to pray and the, pr the prayer is not what saves you it's the posture of humility to say god i need you so let's pray it out together all of us today say dear jesus today i give you my life I give you my sin. I give you my past. I need you. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. Give me a fresh start for the rest of my life. I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.